You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to the latest edition of 100, the Ed Gordon Podcast. Today, as we close out Black Music Month, I talk with one half of the writing and producing team that created the sound of Philadelphia and brought us some of the greatest music of the last half century. Kenny Gamble and his partner Leon Huff are celebrating the golden anniversary of Philadelphia International Records, the company they started would go on to take its place alongside Motown and Stax Records as one of the driving forces of black music. They would give Teddy Pendergrass, the OJs, Patti LaBelle, Lou Rawls, Phyllis Hyman, and other artists some of the biggest hits of the 70s and 80s. Gamble and Huff, with their team of writers, producers, and musicians, made a list of songs that can rival any of the greatest music purveyors of any time. The music that came to be known as the Philly Sound would live for generations. Million sellers, including Me and Mrs. Jones, Ain't No Stopping Us Now, Close the Door, Used to Be My Girl, You'll Never Find a Love Like Mine, and For the Love of Money, 
dominated radio and record sales. Their music was more than just danceable or catchy. The songs were more than just love tunes or funky beats. Often, their songs were positive affirmations to African Americans or social calls that spoke to the unfair or unjust conditions that entrapped Black America. And that was intentional. The company coined the phrase, message in the music. Gamble and Huff are among the most successful writers and producers in music history. My conversation with Kenny Gamble started with praise for 50 years of excellence. Congratulations on the golden anniversary. And here's what's interesting to me, Kenny. It's, it's not just 50 years of a record company or 50 years of a sound. It's 50 years of influence. Right. Yeah, it's 50 years, boy. Yeah, it sounds like a lot, but it's gone by so quickly. I mean, time time is, is, is amazing, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just great to be here. Great to be here to, to observe and to... And, and to uh, and to see you, Ed, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. You're yeah. still around. We're still around. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Very happy. Yeah. Kenny, was that part of what you and Leon wanted to do with the start? I mean, it it, it was fortuitous that you all have told the story of meeting in an elevator and then just everything that moved from there. But was it part of the idea that you all wanted to influence as well as entertain? Yeah, I would think so. I would think that it 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 just it, it just fell into our hands, you know, because there were some parts missing, and they still are missing, you know, uh in, in the industry. And um I think that that uh, we learned from from some wonderful people. I mean, uh, during the the time that we first met you, and I mean, it was the disc jockey who was was the influencer, you know. And and today, you know, you see that that many of the people that we were associated with, disc jockeys, you know, they they're passed on, you yeah. know. And the world is different now. Radio stations are. In fact, radio period is is questionable about radio, and we're thankful that we still get airplay on. I mean, they still play our music on, yeah. on radio, you know, which is a blessing for us, you know, because we, you know, we talk to some young people, and they say, "I've never heard of Teddy Pendergrass," <laughs> and I can understand that, you know. So, so we're really lucky to have our um, music being played on radio. And many young people tell us, oh, man, my mother and my father used to play that <laughs> song around the house. Me mm -hmm. and Mrs. Jones, oh, I know that song. My, my father used to play that song, you know. And so we've been able to go through generations. And uh, I think that that's a, that's a blessing within itself. Here's what's, here's what's amazing to me uh, when you look at the numbers. If you look at 71 when you guys started and and – you know, I've said this before to you and I've said it to others, I, I, born and raised in Detroit. And so obviously my attachment to Motown, but with my age, I came of age in the seventies. So if Motown owned the sixties, 
the music that I'm more closely associated with and is my heartbeat music is that of Philadelphia International. You know, I mean, in 71, I was 11. So my formative years, man, you know, listen, when I was chasing little girlies and all that, I used everything y'all were putting down. And I wasn't the only one. The stable of musicians, producers and artists led by Gamble and Huff was prolific. The record label's popularity would lead to numerous gold and platinum albums and Gamble and Huff receiving many accolades including induction into the Rock and Roll and Songwriters Halls of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, were, we were working, man, <laughs> night and day. And you know, the funny thing, too, that, that, that when you mentioned that and, and, and throw those kind of statistics out, you know, you never think of it, but it was a machine that we, that we uh, were working to build. And, and uh, Motown, uh, your favorite was also our favorite because they were, and still is, in, in my in my view, uh, Barry Gordy and Holland Dozier and Holland and Smokey Robinson and and quite a few others. Mm-hmm. But just Motown. Period. The the concept of Motown was was the blueprint for what we did at Philly International. And Huff and I, we didn't start in 1971. Huff and I, that's when we started Philly International. Right. But Huff and I, we've been working together since like 1964, 63, somewhere around there. And had already had hits. I mean, 67, if you're an old schooler, you remember Expressway to your heart, Soul Survivor. And and you also will remember uh, Cowboys to Girls. The Intruders, yeah. The Intruders and all of that stuff, you know, so. So it, it's it's been it's been interesting and and it's been great. It really has been great. We had a lot of people that were in our corner, like yourself and and many 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 others. Uh, as time went on, because I figured we had at least a good wow. Well, we had we had a good run. We had a good run because we wouldn't stop. We just kept writing songs about the world and, and writing things that people say all the time. You know. And the backstabbers would make fat, fat and whitehead, and and the writers that we had working with us, they also brought so much to us, like Bunny Sigler, and and I just mentioned McFadden and Whitehead, but we had so many wonderful songwriters and producers that worked with us because of that Motown experience, because that's what Motown. Motown was like an army of songwriters and producers, and. Uh, and great musicians, absolutely. So we have a lot of people to to thank for 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 being able to contribute something like the sound of Philadelphia, you know, like the Motown sound. We said, okay, well, we'll make it the Philly sound, you know, and uh, and I think that's a credit to to a Motown, absolutely. He, here's what's amazing, you know, you guys have always. And you don't always see this in in with the competitive nature of musicians and 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 moguls and the like. But you all have always given Mr. Gordy his just due. You all went and were smart enough to visit Motown and see how the operation went, and then and then take it on yourself. And and what you talk about isn't, I think, um, given its just due. The the in house producers, writers, arrangers. You know, we know about MFSB. But oh, I mean, yeah. it was special. Oh yeah, MFSB was an orchestra. 
a lot of people have a band. And we had a, a band when we were like almost teenagers when we had uh, the Romeos, you know, Kenny Gamble and the Romeos, where you had Roland Chambers, his brother called Chambers, and you had oh. Winnie Wolford, he was in there, and Huff was in there, Tom Bell, all of us were, we used to work every weekend. We had a great band. But that band turned out to be an orchestra. You know, when you start to think of some of the music that we did with MFSB, we had some of the greatest arrangers. Bobby Martin was, um, it was, it, was, it was just fantastic, Bobby Martin. And you had guys like Norman Harris, who, who started out, he couldn't even read music in the, in the beginning. This guy, he turned out to be one of the greatest arrangers that we had. I mean, he was writing for strings, oboes, or everything you can think of. And, uh, and it really was a, a, a treat and a blessing to have the uh, Don Rinaldo and many of the players who were retired uh, musicians from the Philadelphia Orchestra is that when you listen to our music, you say, wow, man, listen to these strings, listen to this orchestra, because these were retired, absolutely marvelous musicians from the Philadelphia Orchestra. And they came and they, and they had a second they had a second win with us because they used to love coming over to our studio and, uh, and sitting down playing rhythm and blues with us. Kenny, you, you know, you, you talked about it there with the strings and all. When you, when you think about Motown and they, they went for, uh, you know, and, and Barry Gordy was very strategic in this, making it a very pop sound. Uh, you know, a crossover sound. I think of Stax, who did more traditional soul. But you all set out, it seems to me, to give it a lush, sophisticated, if I can steal that word for lack of a better mm -hmm. one, uh, sound to this music. Yeah, you know, what uh, was the guy with uh, James Brown? I forget his name right up to right up top of it. But he said uh, in a statement one time, uh, they were interviewing him. He said, well, Gambling Huff, he said, what they did, they put the bow, bow tie on funk, you know? <laughs> and and I, I thought that was an interesting way to describe us because we uh, we had everything you can think of. I mean, like, take an artist like Lou Rawls, for an example. I mean, he was he was really a challenge for Huff and I when when uh, we signed him. Jimmy Bishop, who was, who was a, a program director uh, here in Philadelphia, he was... He was the guy who bought Lou Rawls to us, Jimmy Bishop. And, uh, and Bishop, our, our company was a place for people to go. I mean, say, for example, if a guy was, a, uh, if he was a disc jockey and, and uh, his, his tenure as a disc jockey was fading away, he could come to Philly International and work with us. We, mm -hmm. we created jobs for people, you know, and... Uh, <clears throat> that we were really proud of because we had some of the best ears. We had some of the best people that 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 the industry itself didn't know anything about them. They didn't want to know anything about us. I mean, so the African American presence in the industry was something that we made it something. We we insisted that you have a black music division. In these companies, because how in the world can you sell the music, be in the music and don't know the, the music and you don't have no black people at all. When you walk in the door, mm -hmm. when you look on, you know, so so we I mean, and, and it was good business for all of us It was good business for CBS because they were our distributor. But they knew nothing about the black community 
And it, it's even like that today. Most of these companies, they would like the revenue that's coming in, but you got to give those, got to have jobs, you know? So that was one of the things that we were really proud of, that we could create these black music divisions, not just for CBS, but all over the whole industry. And um, it's a shame to see that they're not as prevalent today as they were when we were back there fighting with the Black Music Association and all that kind of stuff. Kenny, I want to I, I ask you about some of the people that, that you brought to prominence, but you mentioned Lou Rawls, and I was going to get into this later, but let me throw it out now. There were really? people who, who had careers already, established careers, bona fide hit makers who had maybe um, kind of run past their quote-unquote prime until they found you guys again. I think of a Phyllis Hyman. Mm. I think of Lou Rawls. Mm. I think of, and people forget about this because they go from the Jackson 5 to Michael often in his solo, but you all had the Jacksons when Jermaine stayed in Motown and put Mm. something on them for three or four albums. I mean, you all would would rework the magic. Yeah, well, you know, they were the Jackson 5, and when they left Motown, they came to Philly. They were the Jacksons. Right. They became the Jacksons. And and we've been, I, you know, we knew them for years. I mean, Joe Jackson, they were part of Philadelphia, the fabric of the Uptown Theater here in Philly, you know. And I, I remember when they were little kids and they used to come over to the house and uh, we'd cook a little meal for them or whatever. It made them feel comfortable here in Philly, you know. And, uh, and I, I would think that the, uh, uh, the working with them was wonderful because I got a chance to really know Michael Jackson, who was a genius. This guy was, he knew exactly what he wanted and what he wanted to do. He just needed to work with people. And, and Huff and I, we worked with him and we showed him what we did. You know, this is how we write songs, you know. And uh, we showed him how melodies and the lyrics, how, how do you put all this stuff together? And Michael, he was, boy, he was in, in that studio all the time, which he hadn't been able to do when he was at Motown because they basically, uh, you know, from what they said, they basically um, had them working like, you know, during the day and, and whatever. But we we would be up all night long. And, and, and they they that was good for them because they were with some guys and they were a little older, I mean, than they were when right. they were at Motown. And also, Michael's voice had changed. His voice was different uh, when he worked with us, because he had a, like a little, like a little kid's voice when he was with Motown. When he came with us, because like the song "Let Me Show You the Way to Go," we 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 sat down and we talked to Michael and the whole group, Tito and all the rest of them. Said, "Listen, you know, say something to people in your music, you know." And uh, so that let me show you the way to go was uh, a song that represented what we felt mm-hmm. that the Jacksons could be doing, you know, and the lyrics of that song kind of lets you know that, hey, look, you'd be an example to to the world. Be, be, be someone that people can look at and say, I want to be like Michael Jackson <clears throat> or I want to be like the Jacksons. And and I think I think we did that with, with the music we did with them. Yeah, not only them, Kenny, but the, uh, your masterful touch in all of this is you took subject matter often, not all the time, but often that yeah. anyone would have said you can't make a hit record out of that. 
You know, say, say Marvin Gaye and what's going on and a couple of other examples. Most of the time people say, no, you can't talk about that. You were, and I think dead set on making sure that the message was in the music. Give me a sense of of what that was for you. Well, that's, that was just, uh, I don't know, Huff and I, we, we, that's what we felt. We felt like the, uh, the message was in the music. We wrote a song for the OJs called Message in the Music. And uh, MFSB, we talk about the orchestra, people used to ask me, say, well, what's the message in the music, man? You know, what is the message? I said, love is the message. And so we did, with MFSB, we did a song called Love is the Message. And everywhere we go, I remember Mike Tyson told me once, he said, man, I used to train with love is the message. He said, and I, I do, he said, and he showed me a little footstep he would do when uh, when the music would drop out and MFSP, love is the message. And I told him, he said, yeah, I used to run around this river over there playing love is the message. And so love is the message. That's the message for all of us. And uh, then Soul Train came into play. And so Don Cornelius, who was a was a dear friend of ours, and we did the the Soul Train theme for him. And he came here to Philly, and we we did uh, the Soul Train theme, and uh, it was MFSB featuring the Three Degrees, that, and we mm-hmm. did the Soul Train theme, and Soul Train was all love, but that's what it was. Don Cornelius. It was beautiful. So love was the message, and it's still the message, and it will always be the message. When we return, a look at the artist, Teddy Pendergrass, the OJs, Patti LaBelle, and so many others, all received the gift of music from the pen of Kenny Gamble. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the list of artists that was a part of philadelphia international's lineup was more than astonishing The list includes artists that became bona fide superstars. To those who made such classic songs, their names lived on for generations. Along with Pendergrass, LaBelle, and the OJs, there was the group Teddy started with, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, the Jones Girls, the Stylistics, and Jerry Butler, just to name a few. Let me do this with with some of the people that you guys brought to prominence. I'm going to throw a name out to you. Just give me a couple of words that come to your mind when I when I throw these people out. Uh, Billy Paul. Me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> yeah, that simple, right? Yeah, that's it. Billy Paul. Billy Paul, we got a thing going on, me and Mrs. Jones. And Billy, Billy was unique. You know, he was really unique as a singer and uh, as a person. What about Teddy Pendergrass? I mean, I, I think people forget just how big Teddy was at his height. Oh yeah, Teddy was uh, Teddy was a he was unbelievable. Teddy Pendergrass, you know, we had we had talked to so many people. They wanted to do movies. We wanted to do everything with Teddy, and uh, boy, well, close the door was. Uh, Oh boy, what a what a record, and what a what a, a stage song that he had with that. Um, Close the door was. Um, I mean, he, he could sing a slow song. He could sing a fast song. He could sing. He could sing anything, you know. 
And so, um, yeah, life, a life cut short. He was like, uh, uh, he had the potential to become the biggest, one of the biggest African-American artists that, that there is. He did. Yeah. Really yeah, there's did. no doubt about that. When you look at just the platinum, you know, he wasn't just selling gold. He was selling platinum. Platinum. Time yeah, out, platinum. Each time out. And, um, you know, who knows what would have happened, but he was certainly on track to to be that. Yeah. Uh, Patty LaBelle, somebody who had had success prior to, but man, you all yeah. gave her the magic. Well, if only you knew and um, love needn't want you. And, and Patty was... She's an old friend of mine, man. Uh, we, uh, she lives in Philly, so I knew Patty. But she's always been a great singer. Always been a great singer. And I think we were a perfect matchup for Patty because, first of all, we made her, made her relax a little bit and just take it easy. You know what I mean? And, um, and she knew, she worked off of love, too, because she knew that we cared about her and we would take care of her. And, um, and she was um, she's one of the greatest singers that, that I've, I've ever seen. I mean, I've never seen anyone with that kind of range mm-hmm. in, in their voice, you know. And so um, that song, Love Needn't Want You. And um, if only you knew, you had Dexter Wanzell, who worked with Patty also, you know. And... Uh, Bunny Sigler worked along with us on on uh, on Patty, and it, it just it's just a, a, an amazing lineup when you start thinking of Teddy Pendergrass, Patty Labelle, Billy Paul, all of these people in one place. We had all of these artists and many many more. What about these guys on my T-shirt? The OJs, they you know Walter and Eddie are oh. like uncles to me now, <laughs> but uh, those cats. Well, the, the OJs. Uh, Hey, they they basically was was where they they were our friends, you know what I mean? And uh and I love working with the OJs because they they fit into the message. You see, they they uh, they they could they could perform that message, you see, Eddie and Walter, that um when you wanted to talk about uh you know Hey, hey, just give the people what they want. Yeah. You know, stop, stop talking about it and give the people what they want. And then you say, well, what do they want? The people want jobs. They want money. They want, they want to, to be able to enjoy life. They want the truth. You know, to want the truth and no more lies. That's what the people want. Here's what they used to tell me. Uh, Ed. They used to say, man, we don't want to do no more message songs. I said, why not? Man, we want to do songs for the girls. I said, well, we'll do some of that, too. We'll, we'll do some of that. We'll do. I said, but you can do well. You got Love Train. I mean, these, these were international yeah. blockbusters, you see. And uh, so uh, so we worked it out. And, and, and then uh, uh, I used to tell them, I said, well, you guys, you know, just work with us, you know. Because, look, if you don't want to do them, we'll give them to somebody else, you know. Mm-hmm. But there was nobody else to do them yeah. because they were, we wrote those songs for these artists. We tailor-made these, these songs. It wasn't like we had a bunch of songs in a, 
in a draw or something like that. If the OJs were coming in in, in, in a month or two, Huff and I, McFadden and White, and everybody in our in our uh, company would write songs for the OJs, and we would we would listen to those songs. We'd make sure the words was right, make sure the keys were right, make sure that they were singing in the right keys, and it made things. It was like a specialty. It was it was, it was like going to a, a to a tailor. Mm-hmm. And he's taking your measurements. These were tailor-made songs for these artists. That's the way I looked at it, and uh, and it's still even today because when you listen to it, you don't, you know, there might be a couple of little mistakes in there. You know, I, I won't reveal where the mistakes <laughs> are at. Whatever they were, they were right mistakes, right? <laughs> oh, they, yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't tell. You can't tell if they were mistakes. Kenny, when you're in the midst of what you guys were in the midst of, you you cannot see what you are going to ultimately be, the influence that you had. But but as you as you look back now, um, you know, modesty aside, when did you know? When did you know that what you all had built, what you all had done, was beyond just as I said at the start. You all weren't just making records. I mean, that was cool. You all gave us hits. That was cool. But you all were shaping a culture. You all were making us think and evolve and, you know, mimic a positive thought and nature. When did you know you had succeeded in that? Well, I think we, I think we knew we had something when we um when we had cowboys to girls because it was different and so much of the songs of that era we had a song called me tarzan you jane i don't know if you remember these <laughs> i songs. don't remember that one no yeah and uh it, it's quite a few of them but especially cowboys to girls because it um it, it was was sort of a, a, a sort of I guess a, it was a trick kind of song, cowboys and girls. I remember when I used to play "Shoot 'Em Up," "Shoot 'Em Up," "Bang Bang Baby." Mm-hmm. I remember when I chased girls and I used to beat them up. But now I know what girls are for, you know, and and, and the, the the lyrics kind of like. Uh, Kind of like let you know that that you're growing up, you're growing up, and and then it was baby dolls to girls with the second verse. So the song was for the for the guys and for the girls. Mm-hmm. How you grow up in life, and you ain't playing you ain't playing the uh, games and uh, chasing girls. You want you want to kiss them. So now I know the girls are made for kissing. Ain't it fun reminiscing? You know, you know. So. Uh, we hey, we had a ball, man. Just just yeah. dreaming and and uh, and hoping that that we could come up with a hit. That dream of coming up with a hit was met over and over and over again. They truly created the R and B soundtrack of much of the 1970s. I closed out the interview with admittedly an unfair question. I asked Kenny. If he had to pick one song that would represent the classic Philly sound, what would it be? I'm not sure if I could do the one 
Maybe two. It's like songs. your favorite kid. All right, give me two. Give me two. Yeah, I I would say for the love of money, mm-hmm. that's a good one. That's a real good one because if, if you follow everything down, it's like Michael Jackson used to tell me, he said, he said, just follow the money, gamble, follow the <laughs> money. You know, I said, all right, and it's he was right. Yeah, and and so I think if I had that, and if I took Love Train, those two, for the love of money and and uh, Love Train. Wow. Well, listen, Kenny, listen, you know, you already know this. I could talk to you all day long, man. <laughs> I, am, I am so happy that you guys are getting your just desserts during this golden anniversary. And for for all of us who grew up with the music, for all of the generations that followed, man, I just want to give you and Huff a big thank you, man, because, you know, it meant probably more to us uh, you know, listening to it than when you all were cooking it up in that studio, man. And it, and it, and it has gone on for generations and that means a lot. Yeah. I I appreciate that very, very much. And, uh, it means a lot. It really does mean a lot because, uh, you do it because you love it. You know what I mean? And, and that's another one, you know, another thing that I, another song I would come up with too, is that I love music. Mm -hmm. OJ's. And why do you do it? Because I love music. Music is, what's the song say? Music is the healing force of the world. You know, it's good for every man, woman, man, boy, woman, and girl. Boy and girl. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I love music. Yeah. So, uh, so Huff and I, we love, I remember the day we wrote that song, by the way. When we finished it, man, we fell on the floor laughing and said, where did that song come from? Wow. I love music. It was that that beautiful of, of a feeling that we fell on the floor laughing. You know what I mean? So where did that song come from? Well, so where, I think the spirit, I think the spirit's behind a lot of this. Year. So I yeah. welcome the spirit to, well, um, to keep well, wherever the music came from, you know, if it was handed down to you from above yeah. or whatever it is, right. it has made us all better. Uh, Kenny Gamble, as always, brother, so good to talk to you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate it very much. Uh, One more big thanks and congratulations to Kenny Gamble and his partner, Leon Huff, for 50 years of great music. Thanks, fellas, for TSOP, the sound of Philadelphia. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson-Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. (laughs) 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.